welcome to Swarthmore Presbyterian Church's podcast. This is your host, Alex Evangelista. We are delighted you are here, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. You are now listening to a sermon recorded for June 27, 2021, titled, All in Good Time, by Rev. Joyce Shin. It is so good to be with you in this sanctuary for worship. Welcome again. Would you please pray with me? Startle us, almighty God. Wow us with your word. Captivate us in awe of your will for the world and your purpose for our lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen. My heart feels so heavy and full being with you again in this sanctuary. For too long, the conditions of the pandemic have displaced us from one another and from our church home. I know that you have missed being together in this place, and I know that you join me in looking forward to that day when our whole church family can fill these pews embrace one another, and sing out to God. As we emerge from the pandemic, there is hardly time to reflect on what we have been through these past 15 months. Care and caution have required us radically to adjust nearly every aspect of how we had ordered our lives. The need to stay home made it difficult for us to compartmentalize our different activities. For many people, work, school, and church all had to happen in the same place. Dining rooms functioned as classrooms, bedrooms as offices. The outdoors became our sanctuary. More than cabin fever, the conditions of the pandemic caused me to experience a sense of time sickness. I found myself longing for a differentiation of time. Since all the special events I had been looking forward to were canceled, all the trips I had planned were put off, all dinners with friends forbidden, I found that work seemed to flow into all hours of day and night, Sundays, became the day for which I longed. Even if my Sabbath practice consisted of sitting with my family on the couch in front of a small laptop screen, virtual worship with all of you in my imagination became the weekly event to which I looked most forward. Honestly, I was a little surprised at the longing with which I held on to this uh, Sabbath practice. From time to time, I wondered why I didn't take more advantage of the temporary freedom that a pre-recorded worship service on Thursdays provided me on Sundays. After all, I had already heard the sermon, the prayers, the announcements, but I wanted to experience all the parts coming together to imagine worshiping at the same time with you, to behold the faces of our members who love to sing and to hear scripture read by members of our church family. 
I wanted to feel what I always feel when I worship God in your company, a deep appreciation for that which is created when we observe the Sabbath together. Observing the Sabbath with you was for me the antidote to the time sickness I felt during the course of the pandemic. The creation account we read this morning in which God created not only the sky and the sea and the earth and the birds, fish, plants, animals, and human beings, but also the Sabbath was written at a time when the ancient Israelites must also have been experiencing profound time sickness. We can imagine that they, having just returned to Israel after the exile in Babylon, where the order of their previous lives had been impossible to preserve, must have longed for a new order. The importance of the Sabbath and the creation of this new order is evident in the creation story. In creating the world, God goes about separating light from darkness, waters above from waters below, day from night, at the end of seven days, a fully differentiated creation has been established with the Sabbath as a day separated from the rest of time. God instituted the Sabbath as the pinnacle of all that God created from a formless void. In her book entitled, The Sabbath World, Glimpses of a Different Order of Time, Author Judith Shulevitz writes about the Sabbath, what it has meant over time to Jews and Christians, and its legacy in her life. She ponders the question of what would be lost if the Sabbath were to go away. Certainly, the Sabbath has played a more or less significant role in how Americans have conceived of time. By the early 20th century, however, when factories and department stores were no longer uniformly closing on Sundays, Christians began to grasp what it meant to worship as a minority. Today, more Americans are working during what used to be considered off hours, and when they're not at work, they're applying workplace principles of efficiency to their home life and their rearing of children. Overall, there's less clear distinction between work and life. It's not surprising then that, the, that people feel a need for the Sabbath, whether or not that's what they call it. A Sabbath gives us time for contemplation, for cultivating unhurried activities, for spending quality time with people around us, Observing the Sabbath gives us time to rest by giving everyone time to rest. That everyone, regardless of wealth and power, needs rest is upheld by the Sabbath. Besides the psychological benefits that come with differentiating between work and life and the protection of those who could be exploited by exhaustion, what else could be lost if the Sabbath were no longer practiced? In 1973, 
Social psychologists John Darley and Daniel Batson conducted an experiment that was intended to answer the question, what makes a passerby decide whether to stop to help someone in distress? They wondered which variable, personality, cultural conditioning, or the situation at hand, had a greater influence on whether a person acted like the Good Samaritan in Jesus' parable. Looking for people who were likely to be very familiar with the Good Samaritan parable, they recruited Princeton Theological Seminary students as their test subjects. The researchers ran tests to determine each student's personality type. And then the researchers told the students they needed yet more information. So they assigned half the students to preach on the Good Samaritan, and they assigned the other half to give talks about what kinds of careers they were preparing for. And all of them were told that their audiences would be waiting for them in other buildings. As the students left the first building, they were told different things by researchers. One third of them were told to hurry because they were already late. Another third were assured that they were right on time, but shouldn't dawdle. The last third were told that there would be a slight delay to the start of their program, but that they should head on over to the building. As the students walked to the second building, each of them passed by a man slumped in an alley, clearly sick. To any student who stopped to help him, the man, the student, to help him. The man told the student that he was fine and that the medicine he took for a respiratory condition should start working soon. If the student insisted on helping him, the man allowed himself to be taken into a nearby building. When all the data was collected and studied, only one variable was identified as predicting who would and who wouldn't stop to help the man. The variable that mattered was neither the student's personality type, nor whether the student was thinking about her career or about the Good Samaritan on which he or she was going to preach. It was whether or not the student was in a hurry. Those who were in a hurry were less likely to stop to help the man. And insofar as resting on the Sabbath can help us to be less rushed all the time, Judith Schulwitz cites this experiment to suggest that observing the Sabbath can make us more compassionate. Surely there are many other benefits to keeping the Sabbath. There is no doubt in my mind that the caring social connection and co cohesion of this congregation, despite the fact that the pandemic kept us apart from one another, is due to years, generations of Sabbath observance. All those Sabbaths observed gave this body of Christ the time, the bounded time, the shared time, the rhythmic time needed to remain resilient and unified. While these benefits of keeping the Sabbath are real and important, I'd like to focus on the significance given to the Sabbath in the Genesis account we heard. We heard the author say, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. 
So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work he had done in creation. According to scripture, God instituted the Sabbath in order to take a day of rest. God set apart the seventh seventh day, hallowed and blessed it, not because he had come to the end of the work week and was exhausted, but because seeing that it was all good, even very good, God was pleased with and confident in creation enough to rest. Trusting in what had been created, God could set apart a Sabbath for God's self and for us. Of all the ritual laws in the Hebrew Bible, remembering the Sabbath and keeping it holy is the only ritual law that is included in the Ten Commandments. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of Yahweh your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female slaves, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns, For in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore Yahweh blessed the Sabbath and consecrated it. Imitating God, all of us are commanded to trust God and the world God has created enough to rest on the seventh day. We are commanded to have enough confidence in God and the world God has created, to take a pause from our feverish activity to secure ourselves and our agendas to make the world into our image according to our purposes. There is a certain disposition that can help us to have such confidence, such trust in God and the world God has created. It is the disposition evident in God's own attitude toward the world. It is a disposition of appreciation. Throughout the creative process, God beholds creation and evaluates it as good, even very good. Even more than a moral quality, the word good here seems to convey an aesthetic quality that can be understood as lovely, pleasing, and beautiful. In his book entitled Life Ascending, philosopher Alexander Scutch writes about the nature of appreciation, which he considers to be the apex of true religion. Because the two can get conflated, he takes pains to distinguish appreciation from enjoyment. Unlike enjoyment, which largely depends on the pleasure or satisfaction that a particular situation brings us, appreciation, he writes, goes beyond a situation that brings us pleasure or satisfaction to its source or sources, to the person who gives us a gift or the person who performs a service for us, to the society in which we dwell contentedly, to nature which sustains and enriches our lives. He goes on to say, the farther from our actual situation that our thoughts can reach, the more profound our appreciation is likely to be. When God created the world and called it good, 
Can you imagine the fullness of God's appreciation toward creation? Though we will never be able to see or imagine all things as God sees when God beholds everything in relation to everything else, God commands us, too, to set aside the Sabbath to observe, contemplate, imagine, and appreciate as far as our thoughts can reach the source of it all. The more appreciation we exercise, the more trust and confidence we will have in God and the world God created and called good. Is it morally adequate for us to view the world appreciatively when we know that the world is full of sin and suffering and sorrow? Though keeping the Sabbath may feel like we are doing nothing, appreciation is far from passive. It demands active attention and attentiveness and active cherishing. And when it is genuine, it leads to a life of caring for all that God has created. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon. Recorded for June 27, 2021, titled All in Good Time by Reverend Joyce Shen. We'll see you soon. May the peace of Christ be with you.